0: Alright, team welcome back it is november the 17th this is business news that you can use i've got four items i've pulled them from the world of business the economy and real estate what we're going to do is we're going to look at them and i'm going to provide you some context and frankly why you should care how does this news affect you so let's not waste any more time let's start all right the first item is amazon launches an online pharmacy store with discounts for prime members very exciting so look i think you pretty much understand that amazon prime is this huge thing and it wants to get bigger and bigger it basically wants to swallow up as much as it can of the american customer here is an interesting chart amazon prime growth basically from 2014 all the way till now let's see make it a little better so what do we see here we're basically looking at 40 million people here in 2014 And then it starts spiking up. It doubled all the way in 2017. And now here we are at roughly 126 million. Now the US population is around 320 million people, roughly 38% of all of America, American households. I don't care how you look at it. It is an incredibly high number. And this is where Amazon is making its play. It understands that because of the pandemic and any number of things, we don't want to be out and about shopping, and definitely we don't want to be out there shopping for medicine. This is what it's after. Amazon is after CVS. Amazon is after Walgreens. And all these companies now really have an existentialist threat that's come after them because, frankly, why do we walk into a CVS? Why do we go to Walgreens? Most of the time, it's there because we're there to pick up a medicine and then maybe we'll grab a bag of chips or, you know, rubbing alcohol or whatever the hell we buy there basically those are impulse purchases that we make and amazon prime already takes care of that so amazon prime is now moving into this market and it's taking away the key differentiator from walgreens and cvs and all these other players amazon is saying that hey you go sell all this garbage you pay for all this real estate i'm going to use my strength to bring you down So here's a chart from Statista CVS Health Revenue 2005 to 2019. This is the number $256 billion. Now, of course, all of this money did not come just from selling prescriptions. A lot of that money came from those cosmetics and those other effluvas that we buy from CVS. Well, guess what? Amazon is gunning for this. CVS has this type of a revenue structure. Walgreens has this type of a revenue structure. So here's something from the Department of Health and Human Services, 354 billion in 2009 to an estimated 535 billion in 2018. Of course, we're in 2020, close to 2021. This number is actually going to be higher. So this is what Amazon is doing. And this is what's kind of scaring the marketplace because it has all these human beings inside its Amazon Prime Nexus. And from there, it's coming in and saying, I'm now going after these prescription folks. And frankly, I think Amazon has a hit here. Why do we need to stand in line to purchase generics or any of our prescriptions? This makes a lot of sense. And I think Amazon has done spectacularly well. And the funny thing is, it's kind of doing it without any acquisition. Many years ago, people were thinking that Amazon's going to come in and it's going to buy CVS or buy Walgreens. But Amazon is like F it. I'm strong enough, I'll do this on my own. And I think they're gonna get it. So of course then the question is why should we care? Why do we even care that Amazon's doing this? I think we care that Amazon is doing this is because it's going to actually help reduce the overall healthcare burden in this country. I think Amazon can actually do that. So when we see these incredible aggregate amounts being spent on prescriptions for drugs across the country, we really don't have a central buyer. Now, Amazon comes in and it's going to actually act like a central buyer. And I feel Amazon is going to put pressure on pharmaceuticals. I feel Amazon is going to put pressure on generic pharmaceutical makers, and we're going to get prices to come down even more. Now, the cynic in all of us is going to say, well, what if Amazon reduces the prices, but it doesn't pass those savings on to us? It keeps all that money and it adds it to its own profit portfolio. Well, that's kind of business that kind of sucks because Amazon is so big, it may choose to do that. But from the way Amazon has operated, I think it's going to eat a little bit of that profit and use the bulk of its money back into the system to make this bigger and better. So that's why I think you should care this idea of picking up pharmacies and going to the store for pharmacies. I think is going to be coming to an end and it very well may have arrived. Okay, story number two. We're gonna now look at retail sales. This is a economic data point. This number came out earlier this morning and basically said that retail sales rose in October at the slowest pace in six months. Let's talk about that and this is why you should care. So once a month the federal government measures the amount of retail transactions that are happening i mean this is stuff that we're buying and selling online this is the stuff that we're buying in cvs at walmart at Kroger's they tabulate all of this and then they kind of measure how the consumer is doing on a month to month basis. Now, of course, this is important because a fact that you may not know is roughly 60 to 70 percent of America's entire GDP is dependent on the service sector and the consumer sector. That means that the things that you and I are doing in the economy, purchasing things, buying things, selling things, all of those things are the macro large driver of the economy. So for whatever reason you and I don't want to shop, what do you think happens? That's right, everything shuts down and that's why we had the stimulus relief check, that's why we had money, cars for clunkers way back, post 2001. The government does not want us sitting at home they want us out there spending money. So now I'm gonna pull up a chart and we're gonna look at how much we're actually spending. It's an incredible amount. So this is a uh, simple enough chart. You know, we've got measurements up and down and each number represents the change from the month prior. So this is a chart and it's basically covered from 2018 October till October of 2020. So we've got two years of data here in this chart. We're gonna look at what we're actually spending in a second, but look at this real quick. So. Each little bar here represents a change from the prior month. We kind of, you notice this, we kind of hover a little bit up and down because we're so consistent in our spending. We save so little money that we are out there shopping in such a consistent way that there's actually no major fluctuation here. And when a fluctuation shows up, I'm looking at this little blue stuff here. That means that something bad really went down. And this is we go. February, well, no. So that's March. Here's April. This is when the pandemic shutdown really began. So the retail sales number there were down 8.2% at the end of March another 14.7% from the month prior. And then check this out, a massive leap back all the way in May, because everything is shut down and things started opening up. We went buying stuff. But more importantly, we were buying stuff that we needed. You know, we needed that toilet paper, we had to make that Costco run. So now let's look at what we're spending in aggregate, because why you should care about this number is that it comes out on the regular, it comes out once a month. And this number is giving you a very keen insight into, what the consumer is doing. In that first story, when we looked at Amazon purchasing or Amazon now selling pharmacy pills online, why is it doing that? Because Amazon is able to measure the amount of dollars that you and I are spending on a consistent level and it's able to make calculations and Amazon says, you know what, this may actually be a good deal for me. So let's look at this. So what I have here is the actual retail sale number. This little thing comes out. The US Census Bureau is the one who tabulates this and you can find it at their website census.gov. Now check this out. This is fascinating. You and I as Americans in aggregate, we spent $553 billion in October. In September, that number was $551 billion and We do this month in and month out. So roughly, let's just say that we take this 550 billion as a regular number, and this is multiplied by 10 or 12. That's about $5.26 trillion. I think my math's correct there. So that's the amount of money you and I are throwing around in the system day in and day out. This is why you and I are so important to the economy. This is why the government freaks out when you and I don't go out there and shop. Now, what the consequences of us continuously shopping, that's a philosophical conversation we'll have for another day, but today I wanted you to understand that this retail sales number is that important, and you and I spend a hell of a lot of money. You could go through this, I'll have a link at the bottom there, and basically it's very interesting, it's very granular. What that means is it's looking down at very incremental things like auto parts how much do we spend at the beer wine and liquor stores purchasing that lotto how much are we buying at men's stores what are we doing at these super centers hello costco what are we doing electronically what are we doing at shoe stores dsw and on and on so this granular look lets you know how we are doing as a nation and where we're spending our money. And now if someone were to even start a new business, this would be a very interesting place to look at, isn't it? Because you get to measure the actual trends and the actual demand of the American consumer because this is where they spent their actual dollars. So let's move on to the next. Okay, the third item is Tesla is going to be put into the S&P 500. The S&P 500 is an index, and what it does, it tracks the top 500 companies via market capitalization, it tracks their performance, and it gives you a kind of healthy gauge about the US stock market and the US economy as a whole. So what the S&P 500 does is it's a measurement tool for us to see the performance of all of these 500 companies at the same time, basically in one measurement. So what's basically happened is now Tesla is considered to be a established company in our system. Do companies get thrown out of the S&P 500? They do. Do companies get added in? Of course, because one company has to get kicked out and another company gets put in. And this is the swap that Tesla is going to do. It's coming in, another one's going to bounce out. What's important here is that Tesla has been growing so rapidly. It's become part of our kind of zeitgeist. We're always talking about Tesla. We're also talking about SpaceX and all these other things. They're all connected to one person. And of course it's Musk. Why should we care? Here's why I think this is interesting. Even today, a lot of Tesla's performance is kind of dependent on Musk and how he behaves and how he acts. So if this guy does something idiotic, if he does something crazy, guess what? The stock's going to get penalized. It's going to get beaten up and now the question comes up this guy has already been sanctioned by the sec you've got a ceo now who is essentially like a loaded weapon and whenever he wants to yap off on something whenever he wants to tweet something he's going to do it and it's going to actually affect the shareholder quite dramatically the spy etf which comes from a company called state street advisors their symbol is spy And the other ETF that tracks the S&P 500 is Vanguard's VOO. So these two funds on the day when Tesla gets moved into this thing are going to be buying it. But check this out. A lot of normal people's monies are now partly invested in Tesla, even though they may not personally own the stock. And now the question comes up is how much of Tesla's stock price is going to get beat up and beat around because of what Musk does. and then? How much of a consequence is that not only to that particular stock tesla but now also to the index as a whole tesla is going to get a weighting that means that it's going to say that it's this part of the s p 500 i haven't looked that number up we can easily find it but basically whatever that weighted number is going to be that's how much of an effect tesla is going to have on the index the largest weighted ones you should know this microsoft Amazon, Apple. These are kind of stabler companies. They're tech firms and they're dependent on the economy. They're dependent on the consumer. They're dependent on this thing called the business cycle. But we're not worried that their CEOs are going to do something idiotic and mess up all of it. So this is why I wanted to bring your attention to Tesla today. It's going to be moved into the S&P 500. And from there, when Musk does bad things, he can actually harm a lot more And that's what we're going to watch out for. All right, champs, our final story is going to be about the Federal Reserve and its impact on interest rates and how that's going to, of course, affect real estate, be it home or residential or this thing called CRE, commercial real estate. So what the Fed is saying is that depending on how the impact of corona goes through the system, we may end up buying more and more treasury securities in the subsequent months. And what the Fed does, it manages our interest rates. I'll do a separate video on how the Federal Reserve works and its impact on us on a day-to-day basis. But basically, the key point here as to why this news matters, why is the Federal Reserve's $80 billion a month of purchases? That's crazy, right? $80 billion is what it's going to spend. And why is that going to help me down the street? Well, the issue here is that, think of it this way. The Federal Reserve is purchasing things and by spending this money, what the Federal Reserve is doing is that it's telling the bond market that things can be relaxed. Basically, the Federal Reserve is bringing peace to the system. It's letting market participants know, people who are selling bonds, people who are buying bonds, that the Federal Reserve is out there and it's going to pick up stuff. By it picking up stuff it has a direct impact on our interest rates so let's look at this chart real quick all right this is coming from our friends there at yahoo so the 10-year yield right now is 0.87 percent if this sucker starts going higher You and I pay more for our credit cards, we pay more for our any interest instrument that we're handling, and of course we're gonna pay more for our mortgages. So what the Federal Reserve is doing is by buying these $80 billion worth of securities on a month-to-month basis, and it's doing this continuously, is basically saying that I'm gonna try to help to keep these yields low. So let's kind of look at this. Here we were at the beginning of the year where the 10-year was yielding around 1.82%. And of course, we saw Mr. Corona show in and really mess up our economy. So what happened at this time is the Federal Reserve jumped in and released almost $3.5 trillion worth of stimulus. With that money, it bought these securities instruments, it bought actual bonds, and it did a few other complex financial uh, dickering, I guess we'll call it. But ultimately, it was able to drive down the yield And by keeping the yield low, the economic pressure on us as Americans was reduced because we didn't have to pay that much more interest. Now, another thing I want you to understand is that the yield falls as more and more people buy something. So the yield is inversely proportional to price. So as more and more people are buying up our treasuries, that also causes the interest rates to go down. And this also makes sense because here we have the Fed offering stimulus, but also people from across the globe. Those billionaires in Asia, those billionaire banks in Asia, in Europe, they come and they buy our treasuries as security because they're kind of insured that America is not going to default on its debt. So when there is a moment of crisis, they come flying in, and there's an actual term here, it's called flight to safety. So this is what the Federal Reserve is trying to keep smooth if this thing gets jacked up interest rates will spike up like no one's business and then things get very tight that 500 billion dollars that you and i are spending month to month in our retail sales that number is going to be dramatically affected if interest rates go up all right gang this was it for today this is business news that you can use i'll see you next time cheers